Welcome to Brave Knitting. This is episode 24 to be released on September 15th, 2020. This is Linda and I'm here today with Pat. And Pat, what are we being brave about today? Well, Linda, we are being brave about reflecting back on a, a year. Can you imagine a brave knitting? I know. It's been October 1st will be one year that Ann and I started this podcast. And, you know, I look back and in some ways it's been a long year. And in some ways the year's gone by really quickly. Um, when, when we started, we didn't have any real expectations. You know, I think I've told the story before that the, the, whole, ep, the whole podcast started a little bit as a joke because... Um, Ann and I both listened to other podcasts and we would sort of make fun of them and and we kind of came to the realization like well these people can do a podcast about knitting we can and so the idea just kind of grew from there and but we did we did have a different focus that we really we didn't want to just talk about our knitting and patterns and and that sort of thing we really wanted to get across this idea of being brave, to not take knitting so seriously, to expand your skills, and to really kind of, you know, thrust yourself into this wonderful world of knitting. And in the back of my mind, I kind of thought that we would do this for about a year. Okay. And so now a year is up. <laughs> it is, yes. And so for the time being... This is going to be the last episode of Brave Knitting. We're not calling it an ending. We're going to call it a pause because we, we just don't know right now what the future will bring. As most of you listeners know, Anne has not really been knitting recently, and we've had to kind of readjust and added some additional podcasters in Pat, who's with me today, and B, and they've done a great job of jumping in here. And we're just kind of reevaluating if we want to continue. We would love some listener feedback on how Brave Knitting has influenced you. And just to give us a little bit of direction about where we may go in the future. So with that, we're going to look back on this episode on kind of, kind of focus on three things. We're going to talk about how brave knitting has inspired us, how we've been brave, <laughs> and then how brave knitting has really impacted our lives, not just our knitting lives, but but all of but our, our entire life. So so with that, I will ask you, Pat, because you've had the you know the uh, the benefit of being both a listener and then a podcaster. So how has Brave Knitting inspired you? I think that one of the things that, that it's done for me is it's inspired me to use resources um, oh. on a almost daily basis, actually. I, uh, and by resources, I'm referring to books and podcasts and tutorials. Um, and I've got some favorite podcasts I want to share. Can I do that? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So one that I've been an avid follower follower of now for a couple of years is uh, MDK. Used to be Mason Dixon Knitting and is now Modern Daily Knitting. All right. A blog. One of the things uh, I really like, and they're a blog. They're a podcast. No, they're, they're, they're not. A blog. They're, they're a, blog. a blog, aren't they? Yeah. Okay. Or a daily uh, newsletter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one of the things I like about them is they post daily, which I think is, is an, uh, an unbelievable achievement. But it's a place I can go every day, which I do actually. And, you know, um, they bring in uh, outside people. They have uh, people who contribute articles. Um, they have a shop now online. Uh, they do knit-alongs. Um, I've just picked up a lot of information and ideas from them. I've actually bought some of some of their yarn. 
actually. Right, uh, right. Yeah, that you've actually talked about on the podcast. Yeah. So that is one that's a favorite. Another one is a, is Tin Can Knits. I don't know if you if you go there or not, but um, they don't post as, as often. But the one thing I'd like the listeners to know is this particular one has an excellent, and I've mentioned this before, help section on, so they've oh, got right. free patterns. They've got um, links where you can click and they explain how to do different, you know, different uh, things in knitting that you might have a question about. Um, and one that you introduced me to that I've really enjoyed is fruity knitting. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> I think you introduced that to me a couple of years ago. And uh, that's a husband wife team, as people probably who are familiar know. Right. But, a video podcast. Um, what I like about it, Linda, is they bring in and have some great interviews with some really outstanding, well-known designers. Um, and so I kind of pick and choose when I go to Fruity Knitting about trying to search and look for, you know, designers that I'm interested in. So, Right. Yeah, I do the same thing. There's a lot of really interesting just designers, but also other people within the knitting world and and weavers and dyers and shepherds and they yeah they always have some really interesting guests and and her work is really incredible she's you know she's the knitter I want to be when I grow up <laughs> oh no I what I love is is how she actually tailors I think the patterns to her body you yes. know so that she she does those little uh tweaks that make that that item look really great for her because she knows and and also for Andrew because she knits for him also and right. or helps him knit too so um so those are some pod those are some um blogs I go to on a regular basis I want to mention a new tutorial because I think tutorials are also extremely helpful and there's one that I have found and I've just now uh, um, starting to look at, I mean, I've seen some of her tutorials before, but I've actually now subscribed to her website. Have you heard of Jen Arnold Cullingford? No, she, I haven't. So she is, I first learned about her on MDK because she and her, and it's another husband and wife team. They're from the UK, but she and her husband have put out some technique books that MDK has, uh, is selling and they they combined it with kits. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. The name didn't ring a bell, but I know who you're talking about now. But I've seen. I've you know. So and I ended up buying one of her books, A Year of Techniques, and she teaches the techniques as a project. So you right. actually learn the technique by making something using the technique. Um, yeah, I've but, seen those. I thought they were really interesting. Yeah. So. Um, I would like to um, to mention her. Another one is show notes. And I think Brave Knitting is, is an example I would use. You guys do a great job of uh, on your show notes so that as a listener, it's something that I will go back to, to uh, or I will go to right after I've listened to an episode so that I can make notes about some of the things that you've mentioned, whether it's a technique and a particular website to go to um, or a resource. So those have come in really handy. Um, okay. So, so I think for me, in terms of inspiration, that, that the, the podcast and, and, and doing the podcast has really just made me more aware and once again, kind of focusing on this idea of what is brave knitting. So it's it's made me much more cognizant of when I'm around other knitters and they show some hesitation or trepidation about trying something new or trying something maybe old <laughs> that they're just not very good at. And, and once again, I, I'm very inspired to... To, you know, to just be aware of that, that, that there, there is this in the universe, these, this thought that, that people are, are not confident about, about taking their skills forward. And then by the same token, I kind of have to 
catch myself in doing the same thing. You know, I catch myself in saying, I, I can't do that. <laughs> or I don't like lace weight yarn, you know, that I really now catch myself and say, okay, well, maybe I just haven't learned to do it well. And maybe I just need to make more of an effort. Well, in fact, that reminds me the other day I was re-listening to some podcast and you said, and I thought to myself, I was going to follow up with you and say, Linda, you can learn to crochet. Right. So, because that's in your head something. (laughs) Crochet is not brave knitting. (laughs) No, I meant, but you were, we were talking about the provisional cast on or, right? Right. There's a crochet chain. That right. you use. I don't mean that you would learn to crochet an item, but right. to be able to be comfortable using a crochet stitch to do a knitting technique. Right. And I, I and I have made great progress in that area. So I just remember that's something that I've heard you say several times. Right. Uh, yeah, and that's a great example of you know, just just because you're not perfect at it the first time you know, doesn't mean it's not a skill that you can acquire. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of practice. And we say that over and over again. So you know what else has inspired me? It's this whole brave knitting idea has inspired me to say yes. Ah, yes. (laughs) It it has inspired me to say yes to new opportunities or adventures, things that I wouldn't have thought of doing before. For example, um, a year or so ago, I had a good friend named Linda who said, let's go to Vogue Knitting Live. That was My something greatest I would suggestion never of all time. in the past maybe thought of doing, right? Right. And, but I said yes. And I've said yes to quite a few adventures and opportunities in the last couple of years. So Right. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it, it has really, I am much more inspired to sort of take an initiative to learn and grow and be it attending different events or, in my case, joining the local knitting guild here in Dallas, being being more involved in some online communities on Facebook, and as you said, like subscribing to the MDK daily newsletter, also just participating in some classes and knit-alongs. So, yeah, all of that. I've, I'm just much more... Um, aggressive about I guess and I think what happens don't you Linda is once you once you say yes and you do a couple it opens up these doors and then you think oh you you can appreciate what you're going to get if you continue reaching out and saying yes and and exploring new opportunities right for sure yeah and they they've been great and and it 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 always amazes me you know, Vogue Knitting Live was a great example, but just the the really amazing, creative, nice people that are out there wow. in the, the knitting community and and all of them very interesting, you know, even beyond their, their knitting lives. Well, you know, especially this past year, Linda, with the pandemic, there's a lot of online opportunities that people can take advantage of. Right. And I would encourage them to do that. There's a lot of online classes. I will mention Patty Lyons, who I think is an excellent instructor. She's uh, great. And she has a lot going on online that people can take advantage of. Some of it's free also. So. Oh, right. All right. Is that, is that it, for, it for how we've been inspired? Do you have any more? No, I think, I, I think that pretty well covers um, okay. the bulk of it. Yeah. All right. So then that brings us to how have you been brave? <laughs> well, I have to tell you that I, you know, kind of preparing for this episode and one of the questions being how have, how, how have I been a brave knitter? So I started reflecting on that and I realized it started with a sweater in 2018. And that was uh, with your encouragement and a little push. Um, I knit my first sweater. I bought my yarn. I knit my first sweater, and now I can tell everyone I've actually knit three sweaters um, since 2018, and I'm currently working on two. One is a gift for my son-in-law, and the other is for myself. So that first sweater 
started this, what I'm going to call this brave knitting journey. And since then, a couple of things I've done that I've been really like, I felt brave about. One was, and this will sound silly maybe to some people, but I'm a sock knitter, as people know who followed the uh, podcast, but I never, ever, ever had knit a toe-up sock because every time I tried to do the cast on, Linda, I, I couldn't do it. I, it, 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 it would not work for me until I bought Pat <laughs> Brody's book, New Pathways for Sock Knitters. I'll even tell you it's pages 22 and 23, and she has written and illustrated Judy's magic cast on. And all of a sudden, just following what Kat says, it, it clicked for me. So I, I've now gone on to knit my first, well, one of the pair, uh, toe-up sock. The other, uh, two other things. One is uh, color work. Done a lot of color work in the last couple of years. And the one that kind of has been the most fun and let me explore something brand new was the uh, Katie's Cap Fair, Fair Isle uh, hat that her pattern was chosen for this year's 2020 Shetland Wool Week. And that ended up, um, I actually bought the, the yarn that she suggested, which was Jameson and Smith's two-ply jumper weight. And I really felt, you know, like I was transporting myself a little bit over to the Shetland Islands. <laughs> Uh, but I was, I wanted, I actually, I did want to do it using that yarn and that yarn is special. Uh, and that was a treat to do that hat. And of course I have to mention that joining a podcast was really brave for me. All right. I had never done a podcast before. So I was, um, a little I don't know, nervous the first time that you suggested it. And it came, I guess we did it, uh, a Vogue Knitting Live when we got back from a very oh, long right. uh, day of returning home from New York. Right. Little did you know um, that you would become a, a regular podcaster at that point. I, yeah. I had no idea that I would do that. And, and and here I am. I think this is my, is this my fifth episode? Fifth episode, maybe? yes. So. Or six. So how about you? How have you been brave? Well, I think first of all, I have to I have to admit it it didn't feel all that brave to start the podcast. And I'm not sure why, but I can I think I had this attitude of, well, well, heck, you know, all we can we just do it and if nobody likes it, if nobody listens, who cares? I, I was very I was very nonchalant about that. And I think was a little more nervous when we first started and and had a little more trepidation <clears throat> about how things would be accepted, where I, I, I really, I didn't care. I just kind of thought, I'm just going to be me and do the best I can. And if it, you know, people like it, great. If they don't, okay, I don't, I don't have to be a podcaster. This, my life does not depend on it. My, my livelihood does not depend on it. But where I had to kind of force myself, because I am basically a shy person, where I had to force myself to be brave and not be shy, when it, is when it came to promoting Brave Knitting. Uh, and I think our experience at Vogue Knitting Live is one good example of that, in that, you know, we were just going along and, and talking to a lot of vendors and people we encountered and handing out business cards to promote the podcast. And so in that case, I had to, you know, put on my 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 not-shy Linda mask and and pretend I was this, you know, outgoing person. But, you know, in the end, it, it ended up being relatively easy because I'm, you know, I'm talking about something I really love, which is knitting and talking about the podcast that I was really enjoying and proud of and then talking with people who were also equally enthusiastic about knitting. So um, that forced me a little bit out of my comfort zone, but, but not too bad. Um, well, having been there with you, Linda, I just have to tell you that you were a natural. Oh, it, well, thank you. I, you know, I was, I was very impressed, actually. So, um, and I think another way that I've been brave, oh, and I didn't tell you this earlier, but my level two master knitting package is supposed to arrive back to me today or tomorrow. 
Oh my gosh. So, oh, that's wonderful. So we'll see. But, but I think one way I've been brave is to really attack the challenges that the master knitting program has thrown at me. You know, you're, you're the recipient of the times when I've been really frustrated with it and, you know, on the verge of quitting and saying, you know, why am I doing this? I, you know, this, <laughs> this doesn't really do anything to enhance my life other than just give me the satisfaction of, of being a better knitter. And it's, you know, sometimes a lot of work and very frustrating. And the idea of brave knitting has just made me more uh, confident about, maybe confident isn't really the, not the right word, but I feel like I just kind of attack the, the whole master knitting challenge and, and, and plow through even when I get a little frustrated. And, and haven't you felt a tremendous amount of like uh, achievement or that perseverance to, you know, push on through? Um, well, not yet. I mean, I think, okay. I think I will when I pass, when I, when I actually get through with, with the whole thing. I think I'll have that okay. sense. I think in the meantime, I'm just appreciating how much my knitting skills have improved. So okay. there's, there's satisfaction so you, in that. Yeah, you've been able to track that for yourself or see that. Yeah, oh no, a, I definitely see it. Because uh, I, as I think okay. I've mentioned on the podcast before, one of the main reasons that I decided to do the the Master Knitting program is because I am a brave knitter, you know, I do kind of throw myself out there and I'm not overly concerned about perfection. Right. So as a result of not being overly concerned about it, perfection is sometimes I'm a little sloppy and uh, and not as meticulous as a lot of people about a lot of things. And I think that's one of the things I wanted to improve about my knitting was to, to remain brave and to, you know, not be afraid of, you know, not being perfect, but, but to also just to become a little bit more meticulous. And, and I think I've accomplished that. So that's good. Oh, Okay. And, and I think like you, that, that being brave for me has just forced me to, to try some new things, um, a handful of things that I've tried specifically just because we were doing a podcast about it. The, the magic loop is one good example where it was just a technique that I just in the past never really had a, never really had a need to do because I, after I'd, I'd done double pointed knitting for, um, you know, in the round for a long time, but then discovered using two circulars about four years ago and, and found that that worked really well for me. And it's not that I was opposed to magic loop, but I just kind of thought, well, kind of what I do works for me and I don't really need to, to learn magic loop, but I, I did learn it for the podcast. And another example of kind of pushing myself to try new things was when um, B and I did the short row episode that I, I learned to do, I think, eight or nine different short row methods and actually did them all. And, and that, was, that was a great experience. So those are just a couple of examples of kind of, you know, trying new things and pushing myself. I think it's been true the same with me, trying, you know, along that theme of trying new things. Um, and for me, uh, participating in the podcast and preparing for some of the episodes, you know, it was, it was, it was learning, uh, about something new and, and trying and, you know, researching and trying, uh, trying it out like you did with the short rows. And then another thing that I had to be brave about is to, particularly on the podcast, when we've made a mistake or we've said something that was wrong is to, to just own it to admit when you're wrong and to make a correction. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's just a good policy in life in general. Um, and then kind of going along with that is accepting criticism and using that criticism to improve. And I think the, once again, the master knitting program is a great opportunity for learning how to accept criticism and using it to improve because the, you know, the feedback that comes back from the committee 
uh, when you make a submission in the Master Knitting program is, is very, very detailed. I think you saw part of my level one remarks that came back. And, yes. you know, it is pages and pages and pages of detailed critiquing of everything that you do. So, you know, I know for some people that, that have a hard time taking criticism that they they, they really they can't deal with it and they just they feel it as sort of an affront on them and you know for me it, it wasn't to me it was just somebody pointing out how I could do better and mm, but that's what I did is I just tried again and tried to to incorporate all their suggestions and to to do the best that I could well and I think I actually did see um that the first the first level that uh their response to what you had submitted and i was i was just amazed at the amount of i guess i would say picky uh but yet and then you have to resubmit correct resubmit um, and resubmit again and, and resubmit again until you get it right <laughs> yeah so because what they're wanting is 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 they're wanting they're wanting it done, I guess, properly and with right. perfection. They, they are careful not to use the word perfection, but they, ah. they want it, yeah, pretty close to perfect. <laughs> okay. All right. Anything else you've been brave about in knitting? What I've been brave about in knitting is, is, going, is going to go on to our next question about how knitting has impacted my okay. life. So, okay. how has brave knitting impacted your life? If you, if I had met you a couple of years ago and you said, you know, you said, hey, Pat, what do you like to do? Um, you know, I have a long list of things I like to do. And one of them would have been, I like to knit. Now, today, if you ask me that question, I would say to you, I'm a knitter. Ah. Uh, I don't just knit. I'm I'm a knitter. <laughs> I I am committed, um, and I get I've t I I knit every day, Linda. Yep. Um, it's a part of my life. So the brave knitting, the growing, and the learning, and the trying new things, has pushed the envelope for me. So that knitting is very enjoyable. And it's kind of fun, right? To know if you don't know how to do it, you can learn, you can try it. There's resources out there, there's people out there. Um, and I'm enjoying being a knitter uh, and having it a part of my daily life. Um, so for me, that's, uh, that is a really big, huge change. Um, and it all started with that sweater, I think, okay? A couple years ago. So thank, thank you once well, again. Well, it's funny. I, as I said earlier, I, I had gone back and listened to several episodes. And the episode that Ann and I did, I think about, I think we were talking about choosing a pattern. And in that episode, I think I tell the story about your first two sweaters and how you really ended up not really liking either one, but I, but I tell the story about being at your house in Colorado two years ago on last April and kind of, you know, convincing you that you indeed could, could do a sweater and, you know, not really knowing how that would, you know, ultimately sort of change both of our lives because it really, I, I was encouraging you to make your first sweater then. And then about a month later, um, to Anne and another friend of ours who had not made a sweater. I encouraged both of them to join me in a knit along to make their first sweater. And, oh, right. and that was really the, what, what kind of launched the idea of brave knitting, like kind of like, saying, okay. you know, there's so many Wait, people. So you're, it started with the sweater. Yes, so many wow. people out there that just are, were frightened of making garments. And, you know, I always say it's just knitting. You know, like if it doesn't work out, you can rip it out. You know, nobody dying here. It's all good. So you know what else or how 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 else it has impacted my life is I'm no longer hesitant about trying something new in knitting. And 
I haven't shared this with you because it's just something I recently uh, discovered is I know now what my next new thing is in knitting and it's double knitting. Ah, okay. I, I want, um, and I'll talk about it later in Crave, but I now want to learn how to double knit and um, I found a resource and I'm hoping that the, you know, he has an online course or some something that I can do or I can find a resource to learn how to double knit. Um, but I'm kind of excited, Linda, something totally new in knitting for me. Very good. Yeah, and I, I find that in general, just, you know, how, how doing the podcast and kind of embracing this idea of brave knitting has impacted my life is that I think it's just given me more confidence. And I, I think I've always been a pretty confident person. And, and I realize a lot of confidence just comes with maturity also. But I, I do feel that, that I, I just kind of feel more confident and because I have this sort of accomplishment in the, in the knitting area. And I'm also more outspoken when it comes to helping others and encouraging others, where once again, I think because of my shyness in the past where I may have just, you know, just kind of sat there and nodded my head or smiled when I'm with somebody who, you know, might be struggling or might be saying, you know, things like, oh, I, I can't knit a sweater or I can't do this or I can't do that. I think now I'm much more likely to stand up and say, no, don't, don't, don't say can't. You wouldn't want your children to use the word can't. Don't, don't use that word. And, and tell me, tell me what's, what, what the obstacle is for you. And, and let, let me help you get over this, this, this bump, whatever it is. And, and, I, and, and I say that related to knitting, but also related to other things in life that I think I'm just, it's, it's kind of made me more confident to, to be more um, helpful to other people and to be, to be one to try to encourage people in, in all areas of their life. Well, you certainly have, uh, I know our friendship has, um, you've been a lot of encouragement, you know, for me. Um, and uh, again, it goes back to if our listeners have friends who knit or there's a knitting group in town or there's a guild or whatever, reaching out and being with other people uh, affords you uh, some great opportunities to right, grow. right. And I think the, the last way that, that Brave Knitting has impacted my life, I think it just, it, it has increased my in curiosity about knitting, kind of what we talked about before, that, you know, we're just kind of out there investigating more ways of, you know, learning new techniques or finding out about new designers about, or about other artisans within the, the knitting industry. But I think that increased curiosity about knitting has also translated into sort of a greater curiosity about life and other things in life. And, and I think that's a good thing, particularly, uh, you know, as, as an older person that, you know, a lot of old people kind of get, get, just get stuck in their ways. And it's like, they've, they've just done this same thing and to have these same hobbies for X number of years and, and maybe aren't as um, spreading their wings as much as maybe when they were younger. And, and I think having this curiosity in your golden years, shall we say, is a good thing. Oh, I like that, Linda. I like that. Um, yes, especially, and I'm considerably older than you, but the idea that, you know, I can still be curious and learn new things, uh, actually, um, and especially this year of staying home. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, practicing curiosity has really helped <laughs> It's helped me get through some days, let me tell yes. you. All right. So that's how Brave Knitting has inspired us, forced us to be brave, and impacted our lives. Yes. So Serious. Yeah. Oh. So now yeah. I'm going to just kind of touch on a few, and I'd like to hear what you have to say, because you have the perspective, again, of being both a listener and then later a podcaster, but... Some of um, some of my favorite moments related to the podcast and 
And I have to say, I have to go back to the very first episode when, when Anne and I first did this. We, she came over to my house and we figured out how to use GarageBand and we decided we were going to do a test episode. And we did the test episode and, and we had no expectations. We didn't intend to ever um, broadcast it or you oh. know, ever upload it okay. and use it. It was really just a test to to listen for us to listen to and objectively, you know, use it as our own feedback and, and decide how we wanted to, you know, what we wanted to change and what we needed to pay attention to as we went further. And I have I I think somewhere on my hard drive I still have that episode, but it was it was fantastic. I think in some ways oh. it was better than the actual episode that we ended up uploading. And oh my you know, goodness! We, but you you didn't release it. We didn't really. It was a no. Test. We didn't release it, and I think I forget why. I think there were one or two things, like key things, that we didn't say in the podcast that needed to be said in that first episode, and that's why we decided. Oh, we needed we needed to do it again, and then make make sure we talk about X, Y, and Z. Otherwise, it, it was it was surprisingly good that we we did it. And once again, we had no expectations. We both thought we would be really terrible, and we listened. We listened back to it, and we looked at each other like, "Well, that was that was pretty good, wasn't it?" <laughs> wow! So it, it was it okay. was just a fun moment. Any others that you can think of? Well, I always enjoy getting email from our listeners because when you're doing a podcast. You're just sitting here, you know, you and I are Zooming because we live in different states and we're looking at each other on our computer screens and talking to each other, but we're really talking to this larger audience, but, you know, we don't really know what they're thinking or what's resonating with them. So anytime I get an email from a listener is just always a highlight for me. I, I can see why it would be. Yes. And I think another favorite moment is the the first episode that I did with B. And now, like you, I'm somebody who really likes to plan ahead, and I like to kind of know ahead of time <laughs> what I'm what I'm doing, <laughs> and when I'm doing it, and what we're talking about, and and I just had a really hard time with B you know, who is my daughter, um, to, to get her to respond to, you know, what we were going to say in this episode and how we were going to share what we were talking about. And so I, I, I was really a little bit nervous about how that episode would come together. And surprisingly, it's, it's one of my favorite episodes when I listened to it when I listen back to it, you know, we'll listen to it back, listen back. I forget what the, how do you, how do you say that? When I listen to it, it just, we really had a, a fun time together. She really had a blast and she was kind of nervous, a little hesitant going into the whole thing. But when we were done, she's like, oh, this was so fun. And one of my very good friends who is a, uh, an avid listener of the podcast, she has always said that that, that is her favorite episode. So that's oh, just a favorite how cool. memory. Do you have any favorite memories as a listener or I a do. podcaster? I do. And in fact, one of them is one of our episodes that we did. And um, it was the sticking one. Um, I, I actually knit um, something in the round uh, that... Uh, a tube that I was gonna I was gonna steak. I know that you had your orange project that you were gonna steak. So I loved everything about the steaking. I loved um, researching. I loved trying different methods um, of of how to steak or create the steak. And Linda, remember you and I actually <laughs> we zoomed so that we could both cut right, our. Right. Um, Cut our wool at this, you know, together, <laughs> right? We shared that. Yeah, that was fun. So uh, the the steaking is definitely a um, a huge uh, favorite moment as I look back on this past year. And then I have to say, you know, on the very top of the list is Vogue Knitting Live. Ah, uh, yes, top of my list too. Uh, 
uh, yeah, uh, looking back on, on, you know, 20, was it, it was, we just, oh, you're <laughs> right. We, we went to New York in, in January. In January of this right? year. I know it seems like it was 10 years ago, but it was just this year. I know I, I started to say this year and I thought, no, it had to be longer <laughs> than that, but no, it, it was wasn't. Just this year. Um, but oh my goodness the sights the sounds the you know the people i mean just and we took classes and yes it it was a it was a grand time and i do think uh, and the energy i do think that there was something about vogue live the fact that we were also promoting the podcast added another dimension to it oh you know yes. at least for me and and it ended up really being the only because there were subsequent um, events that I was scheduled to go to in 2020 that just didn't happen because of the pandemic. But right. it was the only place where I really got to to talk to vendors and hand out my card and learn about some of them. And, and then some of them, you know, were generous in, in donating um, products that we, um, you know, um, auctioned off, so to speak, or raffled off in, in, a, in the podcast. And so I think it, it, it just added another element well you know you're right because i was just thinking when you were talking with some of those vendors and and explaining that you had a podcast and you had your business card there was um i mean that whole community right of um oh great to meet you and you know you were going to mention them on the podcast i mean uh very welcoming um and because you were also helping right, them right. and they in turn were trying to help you. Yeah, so I guess it was fun for me because it was kind of like, you know, I kind of felt like I was one of those like knitting insiders. Like I was one of them. I was a knitting professional because I had a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, we, you know, and I was, I was there alongside you, but I mean, there were some interesting conversations. There were know. very interesting conversations and I don't think we would have had the same experience if we didn't have the podcast to talk about also. I think, I know I hadn't thought of it that way, but I think you're absolutely right. That that opened a new door, so to speak, uh, opportunity. Yes. Okay. Any other favorite moments? Those are the two outstanding for me. Okay. How about you? Well, I think in every episode, for some reason, I love how we end each show with the, raves and misbehaves and saves and craves. And, you know, it was once again, it was something that Ann and I had talked about when we, we first came up with this idea of brave knitting. And, and it was really just a, a silly idea that we, neither one of us, I think at the time thought it would ever, we would ever really do it. But we, you know, I think she came up with this idea of having words that rhymed with brave and then, and we got really silly coming up with, you know, with some of them, but I think it's just worked out and it's always been fun. Like a lot of, for a lot of episodes, the, the raves and the misbehaves and the saves and the craves come, come easily to me, but then other episodes, I really kind of have to think and work and, and to come up uh. with something. And, but, but I always enjoy them and I always it's fun to go back and, and, and look at what we've raved about or craved in the past. Um, so that's always, that's always a fun way to end the show. And so that brings us to our uh -huh. rave. So what are you raving about this episode? So uh, I am raving about a um, article called... Um, from called Ask Patty, let the tool do the work. Ah, I saw that. And um, this is Patty Lyons, referring back to Patty Lyons, but she 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 does, I think on a monthly basis uh, for MDK, she does an Ask Patty article where listeners are, you know, uh, sending her questions and she's answering. But the one, this particular article, and I, you know, I read it back in July, it posted in, in July of this year. I realized the project that I'm currently doing, I needed to go back and reference, I needed to look the article up again because I wasn't happy with the way my stitches were looking, Linda. 
I, they weren't uh, they weren't consistent to me for me, and I was unhappy. And I remembered this article: "Let the tool do the work." And what it, what she basically is telling you in this article is that the knitting needle was designed to create the perfect size stitch every single time. Every single wow. time. If you use your knitting needle correctly, you will get the same sized sit stitch every time. But you have to use every part of the needle. And so I, since going back and you know looking up the article again, I've really been concentrating on it and I've noticed a difference. So I wanna rave about that article and how to create the perfect size stitch every time by using your needle correctly. So should, I don't know that I want to, should I explain or let the le uh, listeners go no, look I it think up? We'll, we'll give a link and let them go okay. look it up. It's, it's okay. funny that you mentioned that article because something, something drew me to that article just yesterday. <laughs> oh, you're kidding. No, isn't that funny? Really? Yeah. I was just, I think I was just going through and looking at um, several of Patty Lyons, several of those Ask Patty um, articles, and, and that one popped up. Um, so okay. That's interesting. Fun. Okay. What about you? What are you raving right, about? I'm going to rave about Morehouse Farms Merino Two-Ply. Now, you will remember that this is the yarn that... <laughs> We, 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 we discovered we were on a tear when we were at Vogue Knitting Live, and I was trying to find a substitute yarn for my Oranje sweater because the yarn that right. I had used was not working out. And we, I needed a, I guess I needed a sport or DK, right? And I needed a, a yes. non-superwash. And we would literally like walk into booths and if they didn't have non superwash, we would run out and move on to the next one because there was so many different vendors to, to cover. And we finally met Erin and her sister at Morehouse farms and they were delightful. And I ended up buying this yarn, you know, not a hundred percent sure that it's really what I wanted, but I ended up really loving the yarn and, and I used it for the Aranye. It worked great for the Aranye sweater. But what makes me rave about it now, it makes me realize how much I really love this yarn, is that I have a, a project that I want to make. I want to make the, the, the little dude Andrea Wrangel oh. sweater. Right. And for, it's a baby gift. And I really want to use the... Morehouse Farm Merino two ply. However, it's a baby sweater, and I know I don't want to use a non superwash for a baby sweater. Oh, you're so, right. Yeah. So it just, but but I keep coming back to it, and I've I've, I've kind of oh, I've gone over like for two or three months now. I've been trying to figure out what yarn I'm going to use uh, for that project, and I keep coming back to the Morehouse farms and I want to use it and I can't so I don't know so it just made me realize I really love this yarn and I can't wait to to have an appropriate project where I can use it in the future I do I re, I do remember that quest of trying to find a non-superwash at Vogue Knitting <laughs> Live and there were many 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 booths Linda that we went in asked the question and turned right around and walked yep. out yeah so, um, who would have thought it would have been that hard to find a non-superwash, right? And now it seems uh, seems to be popping up every. I guess I've I've just been co cognizant of collecting a lot of really great non-superwash options. And and now now that I need a superwash, I'm I'm struggling. But I, I think I finally figured out what I'm going to do. So. Oh, good, um, good. So, do you have anything misbehaving? Well, you're going to you're going to laugh, but uh, my misbehave uh, because I have to tell our listeners that Linda sent me an outline and shared a lot of her information with me and I haven't shared mine with her. So my misbehave, Linda, is the same as yours. The color. So I guess we should start by saying Linda and I are doing our own knit along. Right. And we're uh, knitting uh, together the sold. Soldatna 
sweater, which was extremely popular, wasn't it, Linda, at Vogue Knitting Yeah, that's Live. where we first really became aware of it because pretty much everybody there was wearing it. <laughs> right. And it's my misbehave because I decided to knit the sweater using stash. So that limited my, or expanded for me, the color choices. I ended up, because I only had a skein of each color, it was uh, what was left over from um, the, oh, felted tweed, Rowan felted tweed. I had nine different colors. And so this one I think called for three and I ended up using five. And what happened to me, Linda, is I was creating, I'm gonna call it on the needle, so to speak, almost. I would put two colors together and I didn't like them. I didn't like how they interacted with each other. And so I ended up with, with this sweater, which we're still knitting, that the color choices gave me lots of problems. And I ended up frogging two different parts of the yoke, you know, just on knitting and, and some of it ripping back, you know, rows and rows. So a lot of headaches with my color choices. How about how about how did your what color choices did you run well, into between the time that i sent you my outline and i uh, oh, she and i thought my misbehave <laughs> would be the color choice i have yet a different misbehave with that same sweater oh so really so okay. now that we have just pat and i we decided to knit this together kind of our own little private knit along and we have goals that we have, we set for each other every Tuesday and Friday. So, you know, get to this row by, by this date. And so now we're, we're done with the, the color work is all, well, the majority of the color work is in the yoke. And now we're getting to the body of the sweater. And I got to that point and I'm supposed to have 325 stitches. Yes. And I had 285. Oh, oh, oh my God. No. Wow. <laughs> yes. Oh, Linda. Yes. yes. So, Ooh. so I just did an extra row and increased 40 stitches in that, that extra row. <laughs> so, well, you know, it, it looks okay right now. It's, it seems like I love it. I had to, Oh, I love it. Oh, that's great. So, um, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure how that's going to turn out, but that's that's yeah. the way well, it is. I, I, you are a couple of rows ahead of me because I haven't finished the yoke due to do, having a major section that I frogged. <laughs> so I still have one and a half rows to to be finished with the yoke and separate for the okay. arms. So Well, you're the one. I shall see if I have the same problem as you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how that happened. I mean, I think I because as you're doing the yoke, you think you do. You think you left out, but you would have known if you left out a row because then the pattern wouldn't have well, worked. Well, and that's the think. thing that I didn't. Well, the pattern doesn't give you stitch counts along the way. Correct. So that's part of the problem with the pattern, but because of the yoke and you do increases in the yoke, but because I was ending up okay in terms of the pattern working out, you know, that's always a good indication that you have the right number mm -hmm. of stitches when, you know, you're at the end of the row and you end up on the right color. And so I right. thought I was okay. So how I missed 40 stitches, I don't know. I mean, that's a big difference. Well, it, yeah. Now I'm worrying because, because I think I'm doing fine because the pattern repeats are working for right. me, which you're saying works yeah, for they you. Work perfectly so for me. Hmm. So, I don't know, yeah, Linda. We'll see. <laughs> but you were brave. I was brave. You improvised, I improvised and figured uh, and worked right. it out. And it, you know, it may right now it looks okay. And I think in my case, because I have really narrow shoulders and a bigger bust, that maybe doing this sort of really big increase, you know, all at at one point, right at the underarm, is will be okay. But I, I think I really won't know until the sweater's done. Okay. So um, it's fun then that we're doing this together. Although, um, as you said, I uh, I didn't. This was a late development. I had yes, no idea. Yes, it was a very late development. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you have any saves? So I 
I really don't have a save. I, I really thought about it a lot and I couldn't think about a save that came to mind because of where my attention has been lately with uh, knitting this old dot. But then I started thinking, Linda, why, why, why did the color choices, why, you know, why did it end up being so difficult? And I came up with a couple of ideas and I just wanted to run them by you. I'm wondering if, if you don't use your stash that's very limited because you only had one skein of all, many different colors on a big project. If, if I'd had a small project rather than a, a, a yoke, you know, a color work yoke uh, top down sweater, if I would have, it wouldn't have been as critical, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I, I, I've just been thinking, did I make the right decision when I chose to use stash for this pattern? So. I, I really think you did because I think for what we're doing, you know, this, this sweater is a little bit, you know, on the, on the wacky side and, and we've seen it done, you know, there's what thousands and thousands of projects and oh, yes. Ravelry and everybody does it very differently. So I think it was a good place to experiment. I think you didn't really have another use for this yarn that you already had. And I think right. overall you're happy with it until you've gotten to this, this, you know, body section, right? Where, you know, it's going to end up, you're just probably going to have to buy another skein of one color, right? And yes. And an update is, um, I did buy another skein. Okay. So, so of, of that, of that one color. Yeah, I think so, in the grand yes. scheme of things, I think that's fine. Yeah. What a, do you have a save? I do have a save. And it, it came to me this morning and it has to do with keeping a knitting journal. Mm. Now, for those people that are on Ravelry and they keep track of their projects on Ravelry, that that, that sort of serves as a knitting journal. But and okay. I, and I do I do keep up pretty well with my projects on Ravelry and it, it is a great journal. But I also have a, a a physical journal as well, where, you know, I write down and I've, I've created a, a, actually a template myself. I had purchased a book that I, I kind of liked that, you know, was a, 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 a machine made, I should, for lack of a better word, um, journal, but there were just things in it that I thought, oh, I'd like to change around. So I ended up kind of doing my own template and creating my own book and then having it printed and, and spiral bound and and actually I I made them for my for gifts for my knitting friends. I think I have you one of those. Have one. Yes. And but you know in it I have the name of the pattern and the designer and what size needle I've used and what my gauge was and then I will staple um, sometimes a little bit of the the yarn used. If not, I will for sure always staple the. Uh, yarn labels on that page and then I will put right. a, a photograph of the the gar you know the finished garment and and then make any you know and then it's obviously has the data when I began and finished and then any notes that I just want to remind myself about that particular pattern or that particular yarn and I've done this now for I think this is my fourth year using the journal. And I really like it. I mean, it's just fun to go back and kind of look at, at, at what I've done and, and to just have this, this sort of nice record. And, and it's really handy to have the, in particular, the, the yarn labels. Um, so I'd say, you know, if you're, if you're not using the, the project area of Ravelry, um, but maybe even if you are, that getting a, a hand, um, handheld real-time journal is, is a lot of fun. And I think, I think you shared with me that you, you were doing a, a, I think you were swatching something and then refresh my memory, uh, some projects you were going to do and you didn't know you had a swatch, but you didn't know what needle size. Right. And I, I was finally able to figure it out based on some notes I had in my, in Ravelry. Uh, oh, okay. So in, in the journal part of right, Ravelry yeah, probably. Cause right? I, it was for the, um, the, the yarn that I originally had used for the Aronier, oh, okay. I had done a swatch, 
and I had the swatch, but I didn't have like a tag attached to it saying what size needle I used. Right. And right. and that was I was going to use that yarn for our soldatna knit along, and I didn't really want to re knit the swatch since I already had it. But I didn't know. But I I I was able to go back and look at my notes from my original frogged Aranje and figure out what size needle I had used on that swatch. So it did. So a good yeah. So. A good use for the right. journal it, then, really. It, it saved me. Yes, it did. All yes. right. So what are yeah. you craving? Okay, my new crave. Oh, I'm so excited, Linda. <laughs> it's something double knit. Okay. So I, from watching, I think if um, I was watching or uh, listening and watching a fruity knitting. And have you ever heard of the designer Alice, dot, Alice Dare Post Quinn? Oh, yes. I had never, ever run across him before. And he is, I mean, was referred to as the king of double knitting. He's always at, yeah, he's always at like Vogue Knitting Live and these other events. And I went out on his website and he has uh, beginner patterns that he recommends. And lo and behold, here's a pattern. It's called Corvus. C-O-R-V-U-S, and it is a double knit scarf. It's free on Ravelry um, that he designed, but it okay. it has a it has a it has uh, ravens on it, and and then their feet, the pattern of their feet, and it's double knit. So you know you have two sides, and um, one is light, one is dark, but. As you know, my oldest daughter is an avid bird watcher and bird photographer. So this is going to be a scarf uh, for my daughter. That'll be fun. You know, I have done double knitting. No, I didn't know that. Yes. Oh. There is a, a guy, not Alistair, but another guy who's actually in North Texas, who okay. is also a well-known double knitter, and he came to our guild and gave us a little <gasps> double knitting session, I believe, last fall. Oh, wow. Um, and so we did a little, it was just like a little project, like a little coaster um, okay. pot holder kind of project. I, I ended up not finishing it because I just did what we did in the in the guild just because I, I was busy with other things. I think it was right before Christmas, so I was busy finishing right. up some gifts. And But it, it really is very easy. I think, you know, once you you know, watch a, like a YouTube video or two, okay. you'll, you'll get the hang. I mean, I, I picked up the, the technique in the, you know, the 20 minutes or so that he was talking to the guild, but, but there are some, some fun projects that can be done with that. Well, the effect, especially with a scarf, um, because both sides can be, um, the right side, so to speak. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. So. No, it is. It is. It's very fun for especially like. So, and I thought I thought it might be a nice change from sweaters. Yes. Well, <laughs> funny you say that because for my crave, like right now, I am making the soldatna. I am finishing up the holy moly, which was the crave on our very first episode a year ago. Right. And I have two other sweaters that I have finished recently and I kind of and then I'm about to knit this this baby sweater that I need to I need to there's a reason I have a deadline now of getting that gift done by the end of September and I'm I'm a little sweatered out and mm -hmm. last episode you know Anne and I did the episode about books which right by the way has had more downloads in the first 10 days than any episode we've ever had. I don't oh my know gosh. why it's so popular, but everybody seemed to love the, the book episode. And in the, in that episode, we talked about a book that I've owned for a little while called my knitted doll by Louise Crowther. And I haven't made anything in this book yet, but when we talked about it on that episode, it just made me look at it again. And all the, the dolls in the book, they each have a name and there are two in particular. One is named oh. Jane and one is named Faye, and I'm just in love with Jane and Faye, and I really, really want to make those two dolls for my two little grandnieces. 
Oh, and I how think adorable. it'll. I think it'll be That's a real nice so break cute. from all the sweaters that I've been making lately. So that's well, what I'm it, yeah. it sounds like both you and I are getting ready for a sweater break. I think. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Well, that brings us to an end of a year of brave knitting. So before we end, Linda, could I, could I just say congratulations? Thank you. Um, to you and Anne, and I guess I need to say B and me also, but Congratulations for a year of brave knitting. It's uh, it's been fun to listen to, fun to participate in, and I I know the the listeners feel the same way. So, a huge thank you. Well, thank you, and to our listeners, we would love to have some feedback from you to see what the future of brave knitting might be, and be sure to just email us at b e e brave knitting at gmail.com we'd be happy to hear from you and until later we're gonna say remember always be, be brave. brave thanks for listening if you'd like more information check out brave knitting at facebook or ravelry group you can also find us on instagram at bee brave knitting and email us at bee at gmail.com. Thanks.